Hello, and welcome to Not Our First Rodeo, a podcast on faith and life by Christian women who have collectively made every mistake in the book. This is a Titus 2 podcast by King of Kings PCA, and we hope this episode is edifying to you as you continue to grow in holiness. Hello, here we are at Not Our First Rodeo. It's good to be together again. We have a huge topic before us that... It's a little intimidating, really, to be honest, but I'm here with this great group. I have Linda, Helen, Kara, and I am Gail, and we will do our best to answer this question that we got from one of our listeners. They wanted to know, she wanted to know about the Holy Spirit in her life, particularly has it to do with the power of the Holy Spirit, and so... What we're going to attempt is to do two different messages on this. The first one will be just some basics on the Spirit, and then we can have a better platform to dive into the power of the Spirit in our life. So here we go. This is huge. Probably harder than talking about the other aspects of the Trinity, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's so more mystery, perhaps, but let's start with this. The Holy Spirit is a person right it's a he not an it what do i mean by that that the holy spirit's a person he's um well he's the third person of the trinity and he has an identity and a role that is specific to himself Mm -hmm. okay so he has an identity and a role and i remember asking the youth group once this a couple years ago is the Holy Spirit a person and they were cracking up because they, they were thinking of having a human body so we don't know the spirit is mm-hmm. invisible right we see the effects of him but he's a person as far as he has characteristics he has a personality he is a like Linda said the third person of the Godhead so we, we have this concept in Christianity called the Trinity That's made up the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they're all God, and yet they all function a little differently, although being God. We are not going to nail down the Trinity here (laughs) at all, (laughs) but hopefully this will build on some understanding and refresh. So let's go back to Genesis, because that's the first time we hear where God introduces us um, to himself as far as in the role of the Spirit. Genesis 1-2 says the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. It's kind of mysterious, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I read that, and I'm pull, I want to be pulled in. Like, there's so much here I, we don't understand, right? But what can we get from this? Can't figure out everything, but... We can't figure out everything, but we know that the Spirit was present mm-hmm. at creation. Exactly. And there's verses that talk about Jesus. All things were created by him and for him. So we see all three members of the Trinity participating in creation. And that's something I don't think I think about the Holy Spirit very much as far as creation. Do you? But here he's hovering. Mm -hmm. Right. Very curious language, right? Right. So he was there at creation. Isaiah says, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom, understanding the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the lord what do we learn about spirit here that he's the source 
of wisdom and knowledge mm -hmm. and fear of the Lord. All of those aspects of <clears throat> really knowing God and worshiping God reside in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Right. So the characteristics of God, his personality or attributes, however you want to mention to him, we can attribute those to the Holy Spirit, right? And interesting, when we think of God as holy, and then the Spirit is called the Holy Spirit, it seems to be maybe a defining characteristic, would you say, that everything else flows from? Can we say that or not really? I think, yeah, yeah. because I think holy is really the defining characteristic of God. Mm -hmm. So it stands to reason that holy would be the defining characteristic of the three persons of the Godhead. It's the only attribute, right, that we see mentioned three times in a row, which is a what an ancient Hebrew way of saying supreme importance. God is, mm -hmm. and we see this in where Isaiah six, right, and Isaiah Robert? six, and in Revelation, and in Revelation, yeah. that holy, 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 holy is the Lord of hosts. So we have the Holy Spirit. Now, when I was a kid, it was, you know, we referred to him as the Holy Ghost. Anyone do that? No. <laughs> So I was having dinner with a friend and she was telling me about a Bible study that she'd gone to and they spent a whole evening, according to her, debating the difference between the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Which just kind of cracked me up. Yes. We're not going to do that, are we? <laughs> no. Same thing. We're just going to go with that. So the Holy Spirit was at creation the wisdom, the characteristics of God, specifically holiness, all reside in him. Let me ask you this. Do you see a difference as far as how the Holy Spirit is portrayed in the Old Testament compared to the New Testament? Not really. I think it's really interesting that um, I, I read this not too long ago, again, that um, the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters at creation and the Holy Spirit hovered over Mary's womb when mm -hmm. Jesus was conceived. That that hovering that is the same word. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love that, you know, the creation and the new creation mm -hmm. and the spirit is there at the birth of both. Mm -hmm. That's really that's really yeah, cool. I think Josh maybe mentioned that in the sermon this Sunday. He's talking about Mary's conception. Yeah. But yeah, tying those two together. So what we want to say, you know, people, theologians will talk about there's the economic trinity and the ontological trinity. So we're dealing with objects here on the ontological. What is what is the Holy Spirit? Or and you can't. Oh, it's hard to separate what someone is from what they do, right? right? But just for discussion's sake, that's what we're doing. So in the in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit hasn't changed. Right. So I loved yeah. Linda's answer. Mm -hmm. Jesus is right. the same yesterday, today, yes, and forever. And we can say that about the Godhead. God is not a man that he should change or a son of man that he should repent, right? However, I think how God uses his spirit is somewhat different in the New Testament. Because in the Old Testament, we see that sometimes God gives a spirit and takes it away. You know, we don't see everyone having the Holy Spirit, right? It seems to come in 
shorter, maybe temporary dispensations. And then we, what we see is, and this is true in so many things. We're gonna, we're gonna study Exodus this year for whoever's listening and how much of the Exodus is in the New Testament. It's just almost mind blowing, but like so many things, we see the seeds of things in the Old Testament and then they become fuller in the New Testament. So we, we definitely see the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, but we see maybe a fuller dispensation of it, could we say? Mm-hmm. You know, I was reading in John 20, and this this always throws me when I read this, but it talks about when, and this would be before Pentecost, Jesus had risen from the dead, but he hadn't ascended, and he's with his disciples, and he breathes on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit. And I just wonder what that moment would have been like Now, these men were Christians before. They were saved before. Something different happens here. And then we see a fuller, even fuller example of that at Pentecost. So there are some differences, but let's just say ontologically, he he does not change, right, based on Old Testament, New Testament. All right, well, let's talk about the role of the Holy Spirit in salvation. Because before we can talk about the power of the Spirit in our life, we have to, do we have the Spirit? How do we know we have the Spirit? Give me some thoughts on that. Well, I love it when Peter says, um, when when Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And he says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, uh, he says, the Spirit revealed that to you. That's how you knew who I was. And so he still, yeah, he still works that way through salvation. He, without, you could read that Bible. It's, it can be just a good book, a good read. You'll learn to picked up a few good things to make you a better person. But the Holy Spirit is the one that makes it come alive. Uh-huh. And so he's, he's in you kind of revealing these things to you, quickening you mm, to God's word. truth, you know. So it is, it's it's a very important part of your transformation. Well, yeah, it the spirit gives life, right? The act God's act of regeneration is giving us the spirit. That's right. And without the spirit, we can't believe. Well, and I don't know where where this is, but the spirit comes upon. Yeah. So it's not like we are always asking, but he he will just take it upon himself to come upon and do things that we didn't know we needed mm-hmm. him to do. You right. know, like those special moments of power or um, boldness or wisdom. Um, those things I think yeah. come from, praying for come us. From there. Yes, like that's oh, a huge yeah. thing. Like yeah. to know that there is the Spirit prays for me all the time. Yeah, that's groanings too hard for that. us to understand. Mm-hmm. What you were talking about, Helen, um, that quickening, that's what we refer to as the Spirit's, uh, the Holy Spirit's role in regeneration. Mm-hmm. You know, are you familiar, anyone familiar with the Ordo Salutis, right? The order of salvation. Right. Before we can believe and receive or anything else, the Spirit has to do that quickening, right? Right. right. Because how does Scripture define us before we dead. get the Spirit? Dead. <clears throat> can dead people reach out and, and grab something. No. no, we are spiritually dead, right? Um, listen to a few verses that talk about the Holy Spirit's role in regeneration. And this is from Ezekiel 36, 
26 through 27, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, and I will put within you, put it within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in all my statutes and to carefully obey my rules. And then John 6, 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. We cannot reason our way right. to Christ. I mean, apart from the Holy Spirit doing that quickening. And I don't know for you, you know, some people can remember, but I don't know when it all came together for me. I used to, I have a date when I really understood following him, but there were just these little quickenings where, you know, we felt right. that right in our heart where, oh my there is something here, there's something here that wasn't here before. It's too. different. Oh, Mrs. Potts, right? There is a different, and, and the spirit gives life, we are dead without it. Yep. Yep. And mm-hmm. I think the passage you shared says, flesh and, blessed are you, yes. Simon Barjana, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. If you believe in Christ today, flesh and blood did not reveal that to us, right? Right. We are all testimonies, testaments. Right of the holy, what the Holy Spirit has done. This is a pretty poor illustration, but I used to like to think of it this way, and I don't have a better way. So if you have a better way to describe it to me, let me know. But it's like being a dead thing in a morgue, mm-hmm. and you don't know that you can get up until someone comes in, walks in, and says, "Get up." It wasn't you who heard; it's the voice that let you hear. So wow. um, that's that that's one of the better illustrations I have for how that works but again if you've got a better one let me know I'm <laughs> no gonna, I think I'm that's pretty good that that. <laughs> I think that's pretty good I like it yeah so we can say that if we are saved it is because of the Holy Spirit's role in salvation right we are born once and then John 3 tells us we need to be born again yeah and you know that I remember in the 80s when the whole born again movement um really came into vogue more and yet it's God's word. And so maybe it was misused, but we don't need to be ashamed of that language, right? Because we know the truth. Mm-hmm. We know that once we were blind and now we see. Right. That once we were indifferent to Christ and now we're not. Mm-hmm. So while the spirit is not something we can see, it's like the wind, right? Mm-hmm. We can see what he is doing. Right. And haven't you seen it in other people too? Absolutely. What does that look like? It's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Change is exciting, especially if you know them. And yeah. as with each of us, right, somebody knew us before we followed Christ and mm. saw a difference when we began to understand him more and when we were quickened, when we were brought to life. Yeah. Yes. And so when that happens, the Holy Spirit, God's word tells us, comes and dwells in us. What in the world? And Jesus even said, it's better that I go away. Can you imagine that? Being with the Lord in the flesh. And he's saying, it's better that I go away. Because when I go away, what did he say he would do? I will send a helper. He would send. He would send. Yeah. yeah. So God in us, that is huge. Do you, on a day-to-day basis, recognize that truth in your life? That God dwells in you? Not Some, practically. Or consciously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes, but but not fully. What difference would it make if we dwelt on that more, if we were more aware of that? Would it make a difference? 
I think it would change everything. Yeah. I, sure. I know in my early um, faith, I didn't really know what to do with the Holy Spirit. I just sort of thought, sort of thought he was like kept, you know, he's in there taking a nap, and then when they needed something for like needed for a yeah. big thing, they're like, all right, you're up. <laughs> um, I didn't think of him as ha- you know Jesus. I'm like, yep, that guy's busy all the time. He's doing stuff. God doing <laughs> stuff. Holy Spirit, not sure what he's doing. And so it, it it was helpful. I really needed to spend a little time and find out. Okay, there's this part, this person of the Trinity. I don't have a clue, and I think he's just taking a really <laughs> long nap. And so I know that can't be true. So as I was learning a little bit, I it was helpful to think of how many things. Like he's the one who's he's doing a lot of the work. Like if if I have done something faithful, it has been the Holy Spirit who has helped me. And I, I love that, like, years ago when I could recognize something that I had done that I wouldn't normally do. Right. It's not a me thing. I don't typically operate that way. It I started um, saying, thank you, Holy Spirit, and mm. because I needed to find a way to bring him in. Like, you know, like, Lord, those kids, you know, so you can you pray easily to the other persons. At least I did much more than I ever would, you know, with the Holy Spirit. And so I, yeah. I think we need to know his role and what he's doing in us more often or in a stronger way yeah. so that we yeah. can. Yeah, that's good. Well, and I don't think that we fully, any of us, fully grasp what we have in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you consider that Paul says, you know, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead mm-hmm. lives in you. I don't ever think of myself as having that kind mm-hmm. of, yeah. you know, power. Absolutely. I've even had times where I didn't want it. When I've had opportunities to be able to see that's got to be the Holy Spirit, like doing something in someone else's life, sometimes it seemed bigger than I want to be or more than I'm like, I don't know, that kind of I don't know if I want you to do that kind of stuff in me. I don't, I don't want to be like powerful and, you know, accomplish things that you're, that's a lot. So, you know, sometimes it's too much or for me, maybe not other people, but for me, I've definitely had moments where I'm like, I think it's a little too much to handle what he does and that the change and the, the power and the way he moves in our life. I'm like, I don't know. I know. I think it feels like too much because it seems like he is more foreign to us than the other, but he shouldn't be if he lives within us. And like Linda, that verse, you know, that the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, is in us, but then I can't say no to a cheeseburger. I don't know what's going on here, you know, Yeah. which means I can, right? Um, but we, I just think we need to give him more focus. There's debate on, you know, we pray to the Father, through the Holy Spirit, you know, in the name of the Son. And I will overall say yes, but I think we can directly pray to every part of the Godhead, right? To the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I think there's nothing wrong with crying out to all of them. And sometimes, don't you, because he resides in you, don't you have those times when, you know, you cry out to him specifically? Mm -hmm. When I am struggling to change to be sanctified as God is leading at in my life at that moment and it you know I had a battle a couple weeks ago there was something was on the table a decision that 
I had no control over. And I hate that. I hate that. Um, and I was wrestling with God. You know, like, how come I can't have a say in this? I have something to say. Everyone else did X, Y, and Z, and it should have been done this way. And now we have the consequences. And, you know, it was really heavy. And I went to Doug and told him. And he's like, well, you're in It's like, I know. Thank you, Captain Obvious. I'm coming to you. Know, you know, we laugh. But, um, sanctification like, I know I'm in sin, and, and I'm telling you that, but really, I I can feel the heaviness of my rebellion, and the next day, I just, it's like, I'm done. I'm done fighting you. Holy Spirit, you have to change me, or I am going to be stuck here. Mm-hmm. Please. You know? Yeah. And it was like night and day. Now, we don't always see it that way. Sometimes there's a slowness, but yeah. um, it's palpable sometimes is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. I think and Hollywood is just as curious about those things as we are. Mm. And I, I always think of the endings of the Indiana Jones, mm. the Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, where it, you know, it opens and there's just as best as they can do, right? The wind is blowing and mm-hmm. things are happening and everybody's trembling in fear of this thing they don't know anything of. And so somewhere as believers, um, we need to find a balance of not to be fearful of him, but we should be curious mm-hmm. to tap into that power, though it is, it's scary because we don't know. And... Um, you know, walking in the spirit. We need to be lit, walking yes. in the spirit, praying in the spirit. And that's where I find I have access more to that power is mm-hmm. when I'm praying. And then my prayers change. And they become more focused the way God wants me to pray them, not the carnal, you know, help me to be pretty, help me to, you know, <laughs> Buy the right car, you know. (laughs) It's seeing, we're supposed to be seeing things and living our lives the way God does and did. And that didn't stop. So I think the spirit is just such a powerful thing that we don't access. Mm -hmm. And I I think you're right, Kara. I think it's because we're afraid of what that is. It's not, he isn't as spooky as Hollywood. Not to say that he can't do those things. But, um, yeah, uh, it's for comfort. He's a comfort for us. And we don't utilize that. And it makes sense that Hollywood in the secular world, it makes sense that that's a fear response. It should be to them. That is true. You're right. God's kids should not be afraid. And Mm -hmm. I mean, there's always an element of like, you might do something I won't have control of. And that really bothers me a little bit. (laughs) What are you going to do? Just (laughs) let me know a little bit ahead of time. But that's a sin issue. So... But I, I think as you get into your faith and you get deeper in your faith and you realize this is the place I can go to get help, I cannot, mm, yeah, yeah. then it's not as scary. And you, you're you like, I've had this gift available to me all this time and right. I rarely use it. You know, it's like the good china. Break it out more often. The good china. <laughs> you know, and, and it, it is more now. You know, when you can see those moments like, Lord, I desire to be what I know your word says you want me to be in this way or that way and I know that I can't on my best day with my best effort but I know you've already given me a spirit that I can ask to help me to do this thing he's the helper where does my help come from and yet we don't ask or we you know 
keep trying on our mm-hmm. own. But that I think that should be the big difference between what we see the secular response to God's kids' right. response. Right, exactly. Helen, I want the group to respond and expand what you said about we are to be walking in the Spirit. Now, I hear that all the time. Sometimes that's confusing, right, to know what that means. Let's have some dialogue on what does that mean to walk in the Spirit. We're told to, you know, those are being led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. We're to walk in Him. What in the world does that mean? It seems too abstract. Well, you got to read the Bible. (laughs) Right? Yes. (laughs) The directions are in there. (laughs) But so for me, reading it and then going, what did... I find myself, you know, the big thing is, what did Jesus do? You know, what would Jesus do? Yeah. You know, I grew up in that time. But uh, so that's still a little bit in my mind, which is still okay, because it's like, okay, reading it, this is how God acted and responded in certain situations. Today, how how should I be doing that? How should I, can I be still living Christ through that? And sometimes the Spirit has to direct me in how to make that actually come out how that I need me personally need to play that out right and so this might be a can of worms (laughs) but you said you need the spirit's direction I think that's the word that you used um and that we need to listen to that now we're we're reform gals here there's no new revelation per se right nope but yet there is a leading of the holy spirit that we need to recognize and there is a fine line here right yeah. but there is a listening to god now yeah. it's not the same as the fallible word of god that we have in the canon of the old and new testaments so when we feel that leading and we've all felt it right mm-hmm. we need to affirm it check it make sure we're listening to the right spirit because there's competing spirits in the world right true yeah. and these are weird examples where do our thoughts come from Right. So I have a friend from church that we know who's living in Germany right now. I could not stop thinking about her yesterday. And I don't know why. So I thought, well, I think that means I'm supposed to pray. Which is never wrong to pray, right? You can't go wrong there. (laughs) And then on the way here today, I got a message from her. Everything's fine. But um, how weird is that when that happens? Yeah. So talk to me. How do you know it's the spirit who's leading you to do something? For myself, it's it's something that I probably wouldn't normally do on my own. So I know it's it's coming from mm-hmm. another source. And um, praying is my thing. That's what I do. I could do that for hours. I could get paid to pray. And that would be awesome. But <laughs> can you give me some of that? I can study for hours. Prayer is harder for me. It brings me more joy. But um, and so. As with anything, the longer I do it, the more it, because I'm seeking God at that point, I know that's him that is, that is directing my thoughts and my prayers and Mm -hmm. what have you. And so we know, you know, people say, yep, well, God's spirit told me that I should marry this non-Christian when they're Christian. (laughs) We know that's not true, right? No. No. The spirit will agree with the word. <laughs> that's what I wanted to hear. Right. They're they're in on it together. Yeah. Yeah. So the spirit's not going to tell you something contrary right. to God's word, right? Right. If 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 what comes to your mind doesn't line up with scripture, then it isn't 
the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's you. Yeah. That's yeah. That's <laughs> me, or that's somebody that's planted a thought in my head, mm -hmm. or it's the culture. Right. But it is not the Holy Spirit. Do you think the Reformed camp? You know, broad brush here, right? Do you think we need to listen to God more? Yes. Always. I think it's always important to listen to God. I had... Um, but it's not always audible. We're not talking audible, no, right? No. So the other day, I had... Um, something came to my mind about a sermon that was given here at King of Kings when we hosted Presbytery wow. years ago. What brought that to your mind? <laughs> well, it had to be the Holy Spirit. Yeah, because there was no reason, right? Yeah. There was no reason. It just came to my mind, and I was thinking about how good it was and how helpful it was. And the pastor is no longer a part of the presbytery, so I Googled him. Good old Google. <laughs> He's in Scotland. He's in... He's an instructor now at St. Andrews, mm -hmm. and and his email address was there, so I just emailed him and said, you know, hi, and I was at Presbytery when you delivered this message on, you know, gave him the subject, and I just, it came to my mind, and I wanted to tell you how much I appreciated it. But you still remember it. And continue to appreciate it. Wow. And, you know. That was it. And this morning, I got an email back from him saying, thank you so much. It was so encouraging, and it came at the end of a really hard day. Oh. See? And that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is. Working in his life and yours, yeah. and that's where God's word, he taught God's word, is living and active, and it, and it keeps multiplying, right? How many years ago would you say that was? Five or six. Six, yeah. maybe? Six. So for the Spirit to lead you to write that on a day when he was needing encouragement, and mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. this happens all the time. Right. We're just so accustomed to his grace and his goodness and his workings that it doesn't even, it's kind of like how's the water boys, right? We don't even know. Or... We have the thought comes to us, right? And instead of saying, oh, well, let me Google him and figure out where he is, we say, oh, yeah, I don't know where he is, and it wouldn't matter anyway. He wouldn't care. And we go on about our business. Right. Those are your two choices. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, you know, when Doug was going through health stuff years ago, I came into work, and there was an envelope on my desk, it's like Doug Howitt and care of Gail Howitt, you know. I thought, I don't know who this, I look at the name, I don't know this name. So I opened it. <laughs> I didn't even ask, I opened it. And it was this letter from someone that Doug worked with 20 years ago who said, someone gave a sermon talking about, are you the kind of person that lives out your life consistently in the workplace? And he said, I had to say no, but you came to my mind how you were always consistently a Christian in all aspects at work. And that that has been an example and an encouragement. And, and so 
Same thing. I give it to Doug when he is at a low point when he thinks, God can't use me anymore. I messed up. You know what I mean? That That's fun. It's exciting and it's fun and to be made aware. Maybe we need to pray, Lord, Holy Spirit, make me yes. aware yes. of these things. Because, yeah, we can dismiss <laughs> yeah. them. Blow them off, yeah. yeah. I, you know what helps me, and I've been doing this for about two years, is as I'm praying or reading and those kind of things come out, I jot them down so that when I'm done... Right. If I go to them right away, I never get back to reading the Bible. So um, I go back and then I pray through them. God, is this from you? You know, do I follow through on this? And if it's godly and not bad, let's do it, right? To be sensitive to the Spirit. Yes, well, He lives in us. He intercedes for us. He comforts us so much more. That's why we have to do. Let's let's do the comforting and the interceding um, in our next talk. How does that sound? Yep, sounds yep. good. You know what this has done? This has kind of spurred me on to want to look more into this. I know, right? You want to go home and pray about this and say... Yes. And Linda, what book do we recommend on the Holy Spirit? (laughs) Delighting. Delighting in the Trinity Trinity is a wonderful resource by Michael Reeves. Another one that I think is really good is um, Knowing the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament by Christopher J.H. Wright. That book is the bomb. I love that book. (laughs) Yeah. This is encouraging. It just makes me want to dig deeper. And hopefully for our listeners, that's true as well. So uh, tune in next time and we will talk about more about how the spirit works practically in our lives. Today's episode was brought to you by the Women of King of Kings Church. Visit our show notes for more information. 